So this evening, imagine you go home. We have had this beautiful liturgy together. We've played, uh, we've gotten, eaten, stuffed ourselves with barbecue and other treats. Uh, we've played uh, the inflatable hungry, hungry hippo game, which is going to be a teaser for later on. Some cornhole, you go home and you're sort of like tired and ready to just watch something. You flip on Netflix. Like, maybe I'll watch something here. You're like, Ozark, maybe that's a little dark for right now. When are they going to give us another crown episode? And then you see this thing that says, Pentecost, the story continues. And you say, ah, oh, well, maybe I will watch that. It's Pentecost. It's a perfect day. This is a made-up story, so don't go looking for it. <laughs> but Pentecost, the story continues. So the question is, is what would that first, if you were the producer and director of Pentecost, the stories continued, where would you start? Would it be Peter and Paul setting out to, to go and evangelize the world, Thomas in India, James in Spain, all these apostles? Or would you start with maybe a, a couple generations later, the early church fathers, or Augustine, or Benedict, or you might even move on into the, the monks in the dark ages, saving the intellectual life of the culture to be handed on after that time. The books, the formation of the, of the books of the Bible, the printing press, where would you begin? Mother Teresa, St. John Paul the Great. I would propose to you that the story would begin as you turned on and pushed play on your button, it would begin with you brushing your teeth this morning. And then you go and you maybe make, say some prayers or go for a run, get yourself ready, take a shower to go to Mass. I would say that the Pentecost continues is right now, is today. You see, this story of this outpouring of the Holy Spirit was not just relevant to the formation of the early church, it is real and alive and should be as active as it was in that upper room where they went beyond fear to courage and to compassion. They moved beyond insular ways of thinking and speaking to be able to speak to the whole world. That power is alive in, should be alive in us, given to us at each of our confirmations. So just what is this power? So imagine you have a, a young man and a young woman and they, they meet each other and they become friends. And after a while, as they get to know each other more and more, they start to fall in love. Finally, one of them gets up the courage and says, I love you. And the other says it back. And suddenly in the reality of a third thing, not just the man and the woman, but their love for each other, everything changes. Their whole priority list gets rearranged. They actually try to make themselves be the best they can be. Their joy comes not just from what makes them happy, but actually finding that, that which will make the other delight. They maybe have more self-confidence because somebody loves them that's not their mom. They perhaps have the firing of the, the, the neurons that happen when you are loved and feel love that bring us joy and happiness. That third thing that is love, which draws them closer together, is really what we celebrate today. 
The Holy Spirit is the love of the Father for the Son and the Son for the Father. As St. Paul says, that we have been made co-heirs, part of the body of Christ, drawn into the life of God himself, and they send their spirit, that spirit of love upon each one of us. And if we recognize it and allow it to happen, suddenly our priority lists get all rearranged. Suddenly, it's most important to do the right thing and not just the easy thing. Our pleasure, our happiness doesn't necessarily become number one on the list. But the common good of all of us is what we seek to bring about. This third thing, this element called love poured into each of our lives that unites us together, that keeps us from amidst the times of trouble anchored in what is good and right, which gives us a sense of joy and peace when things might not be so peaceful. This is the gift of the Holy Spirit that we celebrate today, poured in not just to the church writ large, but into Mercy Parish and into the heart of every single one of us. And so what does that mean in terms of this? The following of the Holy Spirit in each and every day of our lives, in the big picture of the man and the woman discerning that this is what they've been called to, and then to live a, a faithful and fruitful and happy lives where people see in that husband and that wife, they see how Christ loves his church. That's the following of the Holy Spirit. Today, we celebrate, it's not actually the day of my priestly ordination, but we wanted to do something, but we didn't want to pay any money. So we decided to repurpose the picnic as also an anniversary party because the collections are down, all right? But that being said, my experience of being a priest, my discernment of the Holy Spirit through years of, of seminary, and then my yes to the Lord that ordination day in 1994, I am supremely joyful at that gift. I have not had one millisecond of regret. In 25 years, I've never had one millisecond of regret. I love being a priest even more now than I did 25 years ago, because then I loved it, but I didn't know what it really meant. You see, in our baptism, we all share a priesthood. There is only one priesthood, and that is that of Jesus Christ. We don't celebrate my priesthood, we celebrate Jesus Christ's priesthood enacted through me. But the priesthood given to the faithful is to live that anointed priest, prophet, and king in your baptism, is to live the gifts of faith, hope, and love in the world. To be through your whole being and how you interact in your family and how you live and move and have our being one who celebrates and offers sacrifice to, the God, to God. The ministerial priesthood is different in essence, but it exists at the service of the universal, of the priesthood of, of the baptized. Through my giving of the Eucharist, you are fed to go feed the world. Through my preaching of the word, hopefully you are inspired to go and bring truth to others. Through... Uh, the gift of the witnessing of a marriage, in that essence, we then see people fall more deeply in love. My celibacy, which is one of the promises I took 25 years ago, 
was not a, a hoop to jump through to get into the priest club. It was not meant to be this burden, and it has never been a burden. At challenges at time, of course, I'm a man, but it's still a powerful gift that each day in that, in that gift of my celibacy is a gift of my whole self to live radically the kingdom of God and to make, and each priest, to make himself available to the whole family of the people without the limitations of just one family. Not that a family is a limitation, but without the responsibilities of that. It is a powerful gift, just as the prayer promise I took and the obedience to know that at the service of the church, I will go wherever the archbishop asks me. And so it is that each of us in this third thing called love, the gift of Christ poured into us, is called to walk a journey. But it is a journey led by the Spirit. So when you woke up today and brushed your teeth and walked through and made the plan of your day, it is a, the heart which says, okay, what is it that the Lord is asking me today? It's a question I ask every day and it's a question each of us should ask. How is he asking me to love and who is he asking me to love? Who can I bring into this magnificent thing? That's what the show should be about. We are what the show should be about. And I tell you, if we allow the gifts of the Spirit to come alive in us, it will be a blockbuster hit. Pentecost continued. June 9th, 2019, Our Lady of Mercy. Praise be Jesus Christ.